to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello, <laughs> welcome to episode 127 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird, and I'm with Colin McGay. And where are we tonight, Colin? We're in the Raven. Um, a festive Raven again. A festive so Raven. Lit up. Yeah, it's busy. There's parties upstairs. There's parties upstairs. Uh, there's people going to football. I think there's football on tonight. Is there? Ah, uh, that explains all the singing and chanting I heard in the city. There's a lot of singing. Who's playing? Rangers are playing away there, but there's a lot of games on television. Celtic are playing at home, and I hope uh, people can go to that game. All right, okay. I think it's Rennie, or Ren. Fans yeah. are in Glasgow for the Celtic game. That French, I'm going to say. Yeah, or yeah. indigestion, one or two. One or two, yeah. FC Ren. Episode 127. Why is that important to you? 127 hours, it's not important. I'm just saying, you're like a film reference. You didn't mention Room 101, we've done 101, but you mentioned 127. Kevin, what I've done for 101, I think I said something, or maybe I did, I think I did actually. Kevin, you were here for Room 101? Yeah, 127 hours. You were here for 101? 127 hours, so that's a wee reference for you. That's a film reference. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm on a Cold Town Lager. Nice. Back on my traditional. A simplistic choice, but one you like. Yeah, what are you drinking? I'm much the same. I am on Brooklyn Lager tonight, one I have had many times before, and we'll continue to have many times. That is like your kind of baseline, isn't it? If I'm not in for anything adventurous and it's on the menu, I'll, I'd have that, or I'll have Brew Dog as well to an extent, but Bloomin'. Bloomin', yeah. Yeah, that, that's the kind of, that's your, your that's my, just standard affairs. I know I'll be okay with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so nothing really talking about the drinks. We've had them before. We like them. We'll try mm. to we'll continue drinking for a long time since. Yeah. yeah. Um, start with the usual, Mike on Mike. Mike on Mike. One game this week. Mike Furlong. The drink is related to Edward. I hope so. How, how cool would that be if he was? I mean, he was like probably can more money than Ed Furlong right now. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ed I, I think we should find out what he's doing now. We should do it. I think Ed Furlong served us in the bar. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Ed is not bad. Ed was very happy when that call to be in Terminator Dark Fate turned yeah. out. But it wasn't him. It was like, oh no. Oh, yeah. yeah you make it like this right for that one. I'm going to find out what he's been up to. I'm going to, next time we do a podcast, I'm going to tell you all about Ed Furlong. Apparently, okay. who was it? Mark Bernardin from Batman and Batman was saying Edward Furlong was sitting in front of him at the Jane Silent Bob reboot premiere. Yeah. So he's not saying he is in the film, but he might be in Jane Silent Bob reboot. Or he was in the audience of Jane Or he, or he bought a ticket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> probably more likely. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, so. Mike uh, on Mike. Mike on Mike. Um, Camel Lairds, they were playing in the World Senior Cup quarterfinals. The World Senior World. Cup? World. W-R-R-A-L. How mad would that be the World, World Senior Cup? Be fly over some, yeah. <laughs> some jelly team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Hiroshima fucking squad. They're playing a northern like, sort of five-a-side <laughs> pitch. Um, yeah, so they're playing Ellesmere Port Town and they won 2-0. Oh, they beat Ellesmere? Yeah, cool. yep, so that cool. means in the semi-finals now. Big question. Did he? Play. He was on the bench, I don't know if he got on. Oh. But I think inspiration from the bench. Why, you, why would you be in Spadji Michael? Why would you do that? Nobody puts baby in the bench. Yeah, just I, soon. I think they'd be resting for this week. Possibly. I think we need to oust the manager and insert ourselves in as managers. <laughs> I think we should do I it. think we could do it by Twitter. Just <laughs> start a wee wave of, you know, rumblings on there and then just build it up and build it up and build it up and then just use our from we become managers we can't travel down so we'll yeah. just do it by phone but we can phone Mike every week like Mike we can't travel down we we'll only manage to do it by Skype yeah, <laughs> like, yeah fuck it but our game plan's always going to be the same Mike give the ball everyone, to Mike give the ball to Mike Mike do it everyone's going like even Mike's going don't give me the ball I'm not as good as you think I am <laughs> like, Mike we have faith we believe um, would that be yeah one to know annoyingly the semi-final is the week I'm down in Manchester oh. but it's the day after I leave Oh, no, so you won't see them? I won't see them now. Oh. You could go and visit Mike, though. Go and visit Mike. Have a wee chat. Mike, I want to find that, that would be like Mike. Or Mike. Yeah. That would be really cool. I'm not going to... Why am I on Mike? No, Mike would be on Mike. Well, I think I'm going to be on Mike. Like, I was like, on top of Mike for some reason. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, yeah. That was workable. I mean, I don't know how we'll get the visual to people, but the audio certainly would hold up. He's Mike strange <laughs> just because he's like holding me up in a cookie bag. <laughs> um, yeah, so the one two nil against Elton Port Town. It's nice to be one. Manager was happy. Everybody's good. Everybody's happy. Cool. So they're into the semi-finals. Semi-finals now. Wow. Yes. We could win a cup. Could win a cup this year. Mike could lift gold. Silver, where they call it. Silver. Right. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Mike could rub silver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so why yeah. is it not gold? In football, they call it silver. It's always like cups again, so it's never like gold. Gold cup would be. Um, is the world cup not gold? It is, but he's still got silver with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. I learn something every week. Yeah. Usually, sport related. Sports I did not know. Silverware, not gold. Yeah, not gold. Nickelware. Not nickelware. Silverware. But we won that. So good luck to the Camel Bears and their game this week. I know they're playing, but they're playing this week. Play Mike. Play Mike. Yeah, get Mike in the team. Get Mike. Give him a shot. Give him a chance. We don't call him Magic Mike tonight, do we? True. It's it's not something we just made up. It is, but it's not. Really. What if we get each other at the end of the season? Us? What if we could? I think we could. Yeah, we could. No. Oh. It might be like to fit you and it is to fit me, to be I'll wear it. <laughs> you will wear I'll, it. I'll, I'll wear it to bed. <laughs> um, I'll have to get my email and ask him that. Anyway, so we want to some nonsense. Do you have his email things. address? I have got the Laird Camel email address and I talked to him on Twitter. Alright, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you had Mike's email no, address. This, this, is, um, this could be Laird on Mike action. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, we'll move on from Blade on Mike action <laughs> to um, some the usual non-cinema viewing. I haven't watched anything of home of interest this week. Nothing at all? I've been very busy, so I've not had a chance doing, to watch anything. I've watched some old movies, but nothing really. Doing life stuff? Doing life what stuff. What old movies? Just quit my name off a few you've watched. What did I watch? Right, remember, what did I watch this week? That was a very interesting. you're thinking of that, um, I finished off Fate the Rock. Finished it off? This me done it. I watched the very last one last night. Um, nice. Do you know what? It didn't go out with as much as a whimper as Community did. It, the last kind of... Few episodes were quite kind of strong and a yeah. lot of laughs in there and stuff like that. Um, but it, it did kind of give you a nice warm conclusion. Do you know what I mean? It, it kind of done the five years later and stuff yeah. like that, and it kind of felt nice. So that's it done. So that's um, seven episodes spanning over a, seven seasons, 140 odd episodes. That's me done that. So it's on to the, the next venture. What you, are you saying what you're going to have now? Not yet. I think Lorraine was banding about Breaking Bad possibly. Oh, that's an interesting um, one. Which I. I like the fact that community and, and stuff like that's all bite-sized. Twenty minutes a hit, so if you're you know just kind of pissing about, you can watch it. Whereas Breaking Bad is a sit-down, focus watch. You can't go and have tea and stuff like that. So I don't know. Might I'm with you because um, me and John thought we were going to watch after I finished The Office, which we've watched a lot of it all this week. Um, and we did talk about our Buffy's on Amazon now. Mm. We've not rewatched Buffy in about. Um, so oh, many. Hundred years. But I love Buffy. Buffy's great. But it's forty-five minutes an episode. It is. It's not a casual watch. It yeah. is. Each one is a small investment. Oh, uh-huh, because like say we watched Modern Family, we could rather watch this. Um, Shit's Creek or something. You just look boom twenty. Half hour. Yeah, that's all one from it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a wee soundbite almost, isn't it? You know, mm. it's like I can come home from work, put one on while you're making dinner, have dinner while you're watching one. Do you know what I mean? That's you two down before you know it. Yeah. Whereas with Buffy, it is. It's like sit down, right? Tune into Buffy and story arcs and all that stuff as well. So, yeah, no, I think. I think, I think we're both on the Magic Formula. Yeah. Um, after that, what have you watched? What else have you watched? Um, I've started watching The Boys. On Amazon? On Amazon. I've, I've watched The Boys, so I can talk about The Boys. So you, you've watched it also. I'm on to, I watched episode three last night. Okay. Is that um, on The Dolphin? No. No, okay. Right. Um, it, it's really good. Um, it it kind of deviates slightly from the comic book. Because the comic book's fucking insane. I mean, this is, it's still, I mean, even though the scene when his girlfriend dies, not the scene, that's yeah. quite horrendous. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's not. There's horrible shit in yeah. there, but they're not going to do Audrey Ireland and shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Not right now, anyway. 
you, do you think they will? I mean, it's possible. I think they hinted at it at the nightclub yeah. scene when they were in that, and you were like, oh, fuck, but I mean, the comic book just goes fucking. I mean, the comic book written by um, Gareth Ennis yeah. and drawn by Derek Robertson is yeah. one of the most brutal. It's funny as hell, but it's darkly funny. It's horrible. It's kind of very brutally funny. I mean, me and you are pretty much desensitised to everything, but there's yeah. pages in that comic book that make you go, oh, oh fuck. fuck. Yeah. You do, you wince when you're reading but it. But it's a great comic book. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Do you like having um, Simon Pegg playing We Do His Dad? I do. I think the boy that plays Huey as well, it kind of, there's a weird resemblance to Simon Pegg. I and how Huey's drawn in the comic book as well. But it's really weird the, 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 how they've done it. Um, I think they mean Joe, but mean Joe. We, we like the fuck show, but the thing that we figured out about him was he looks the exact double of the Boston Bruins goalkeeper. Oh. Which was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. A bit off it. Like, I mean, it's not, no one else can have that issue to call yeah. it all Britain, but I mean Joe, I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Um, Carol Urban's excellent. Yeah. He's really, yeah. really good. Really good his butcher. Um, he's brilliant. His butcher. I'm enjoying Frenchy as well. French is good. And Miller's Milk's just turned up. I think they've got all the casting done. I think the casting of who they've got in the role. What what um a bit sad about and they did reference it and I, I suppose if you've read the comic you know about it but if you don't then it would matter as the dog. Uh huh. Yeah, which we, oh, God, I was waiting for the dog, but they just kind of reference it goes have you got a dog? And he's like, oh, have you still have a dog? I mean, and that was it. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I would say, but then it's a minor thing. I, it doesn't change having the dog in the comic book. He loves the dog. But taking it out of the show doesn't change. No, the show. It, it doesn't. And if you, you don't know about the dog, it doesn't matter yeah. anyway. Do you know I mean? So, mentioned, the boys are about they're about superheroes. So, it's about a world where superheroes exist. Yeah. The boys are essentially there to keep tabs on superheroes to make sure they don't. They're, they're right on have been for superheroes. Uh-huh. Almost, yeah, Either they yeah. sort out problems or indeed they put them, if they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, they investigate them and yeah. basically try and take them out. Yeah, fair um, Yeah, yeah. So, that's basically. But, but, but superheroes are like sort of in a very big ivory tower, they can't be touched. And I, I do like the concept of, because it's probably more realistic than anything else, is if there were superheroes, they would be commercialised. Yeah. They would become a commodity, do you know what I mean? And there's a chance that it could be arseholes. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, give me superpowers, you're going to get an arsehole. Um, I guarantee it. Who's the main, who's the main superhero guy? Um, Homelander. Have seen a bit with him in the plane yet? Yeah. That is horrendous. Yeah, totally. It's, that's, it's, it's turning a dime. You're like, oh, oh my god. Totally, I totally just, just done that. It's, it's, it's fucking horrible. Some of the shit they do is just fucking wrong. Um, you know I mean? that bit, there's a bit, I think it's episode five or six, with a uh, sort of an AA group of people who have been affected by superheroes. Like, there's mm-hmm. something happened because superheroes. Mm-hmm. It will both make you laugh, wince, and cry at the same time. Oh, the um, guy tells a story like, Oh my god, that's the most horrendous but funny thing I've ever heard in my life. But really, really enjoyed that a lot. Um, anyone that's not seen it, read it. Read it, and watch, read it, read it yeah. great comic book. Read it, um, watch it, and embrace it. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah. And it, I think there is a danger of kind of superhero exposure happening. Yeah. It is more fucking saturated. Yeah. Now, so it's nice to get things like this that's trying to just kind of do something different. It's subversive, it's different. Yeah, yeah, what was the other one we watched with a kind of boy superhero, Superman Gone Bad, recently? The name Great one. Again, something wasn't fantastic, but it's good to see that they are taking the genre. I think, you know, people have had enough of this shit, let's you do can, something it, fucking different. It's like anything, like, like you've having a zombie film as well, if you get to put a saturation, you've got to be a bit more inventive to be yeah. interested in it. Yeah. And sometimes having the superhero aspect of it isn't the main point, and that's just sort of the inroad into the story, you can just yeah. pull something out from that. Yeah. You know, if anything, the boys are a study on grief. Yeah. He's yeah. grieving for his, his lost girlfriend. Uh, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Homelander's definitely grieving for something. Yeah, even Butcher's kind Butcher's of grieving for like past relationships. Past relationships. So there yeah, is a sense, yeah. it's a sense of almost like trying to, under, try to put the past in the past before you can move forward. Yeah. It just happens to exist in a world where superheroes are, are real. Are real, yeah. and that's the job, yeah. yeah but I really enjoyed I, it as well. I absolutely love that. Um, and I'm still watching His Dark Materials. Still week to week with that, how is it? Um, episode 4 last night. 
and the armored polar bear tundra. I heard yes. Who talks as well? Yes. Dude, you need to watch it. You yeah. fucking love polar bears, dude. I do love polar bears, but no. It's a polar bear. I might. I'm gonna maybe tape it and watch it. He talks. He talks. He's I don't like, like talking animals. You know this. He's a big bastard polar bear. I don't like talking animals. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, you would. You would like it. Just I think I probably bear. would. But I think I probably have to read the book first before I enjoy it more. Um. I'd, do you know what? Now that it, I think in the first episode, Terror Initiated would seem a bit like kind of Drake. What the fuck? It is unfolding now, so they've been quite smart about it. They've just kind of, you know, given you a lot of, you know, what the fuck is this? But yeah. they, they are starting to give you bits. Here you go. And right. it is, it's unraveled nicely to the nice. point it's, it's, it's comprehensive. Okay. Which is because I was worried that it was going to be like, if you've not read the book, you've no chance, but they're, they're, they're smart. Right, you can't really make a show like that for only who read the book. Yeah. Because as the books are, yeah. it's on the BBC, you have to get through to buy it. Definitely, and, and they're doing a good job. It is unfolding, it is making sense, it's cohesive, and you can see the plot, you know, where it's going to go to. So definitely watch it. I know you don't like talking animals, I know you don't, but you, you like Jungle Book. A Jungle Book I can barely get by. Really? Yeah. What the, why don't you like talking animals? I don't know, something just puts me off with them. Same I don't like people who dress up in big animal costumes, see like, fo- like football masks and shit like yeah. that. I don't like they freak me out. You fucking weird sometimes. I am weird. Yeah. Um, so, uh, right, how do you feel about parrots? Because they're, they're actual real talking animals. They are not talking co- like, coherently. It's they're talking but they don't know what they're saying. What about minor birds? Again, they're not the same. They do. I don't think they do. Parrots mimic, right? So, so parrots, right, can only repeat what they hear. They can't yeah. form. Senses, uh-huh. minor birds can actually take words and make shit. So they don't actually know what they're saying. You ask a minor bird what is what is ground, they don't know what the ground is, they just know the word. That's the thing they've got with the, the um, monkeys as well and, and apes and like the sort of one that the Amy mm. or Congo. But the, the was one that Coco, the mm. monkey. Coco for most of her life, I think one time she did something different from this, is that they can't correlate what something is. So they kind of know if they say, you know, I want a banana, yeah. they, get a bit, they get a bit of food, but they don't know what they're actually asking. All they know is this series of hand movements. If I do this, I, I get, get this. Banana. I don't know what this they is, but I get this for doing that. Yeah, they can't rationalise it, what a banana is. They can't rationalise want in the same way we can rationalise it. So they don't, they've basically been trained to, to do this. Do you know get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know yeah. what you mean. Whereas the talk animals, this is something, the talk animals in TV shows, they're, they're like, Fully formed, rational. They're sentient, thing. they understand. Sentient, yeah. they're doing, yeah. yeah. Paddy thinks it's a way for the he's wearing a, he's wearing a hat and a, a jacket. So if they're wearing human clothes, it's okay. I can get by it more. The Paddy thinks he's more, more soul and heart than any human. The bear's wearing armour. It's fair enough, it's not oh, bad, yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Like Rocket. Rocket. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's, he's dressed up. He's, he's wearing clothes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have some weird fucking rules for this game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. Like Stuart Little. I'm kind of okay with Stuart Little. He's wearing clothes. Doesn't have any trousers on. That's yeah, it's weird. That's, that's, that's creepy. Isn't I'm okay it? with animation as well. So like, so Donald Duck's fine. It's fine. Mickey Mouse is fine. Jungle Book. But how, what about Howard the Duck? You're the sea sand. Oh. I mean, everything about Howard the Duck in the, in the D movie is very <laughs> odd, you know. Um, so, but yeah, and it still freaks me out to this day. This is. A, I, I like. I, I want to go with this conversation. What about stuff like? Oh right, so. What about Incredible Journey? Homer Bound, the first one, the original Disney one, where it's dubbed. The, the animals um, are. I'm okay with internal monologue. Right. But I don't want to see stuff like see you get like um, the, the, the animal's mouth move. So like babe. Pop. You don't like babe? Don't like babe. Really? Yeah, babe freaks me out a little bit. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Oh, um, just a quick detour. Um, there was a, an article in The Guardian um, the other day. Hi, bro. I know. Um, about... <laughs> you did a change my now, you're in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Have you ever heard of a film called Stone? No. Right, it's it's an Australian film and it was made five years before Mad Max was made. Yeah. And it, it's basically about this undercover cop, um, played a lot of Springer in here tonight. Yeah, this undercover cop um, who initiates himself into a motorbike gang to try and kind of bust like, a kind of drug ring. Right. But a lot of it's set on like kind of, you know, open highways, right, cool. motorbikes, a lot of deaths and stuff like that. And, like a lot of people say like this was a precursor to Mad Max, but George Miller's never given any credit for stuff right. like that. But it's really interesting, but they're releasing it in, in Australia as part of an anniversary. Right. Like but I just, I just thought it was interesting, to, just because Miller, I mean, <coughs> one of the characters in this movie is called uh, Bad Max. Right. And Max Max, stuff like that, I mean, so there's a lot of stuff in there, yeah, like this, you know, this is a precursor to Mad Max, but Miller's never ever at any point ever said thanks or, you know, inspired by anything at all. Um, I, I will not see films, I can't judge you. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's a good film. It's pretty comfortable. Is it on TV now? Um, it's really hard to get. I've seen it years ago back in the 80s. This is the thing, right? I like I like a real thing for Australian cinema. Yeah, I know. Because there's a sort of, see from the 1960s to maybe 1980s, there's this sort of, it's almost like the punk rock yeah. of cinema. Yeah. It's kind of dirtier and nastier yeah. and, than like sort of normal stuff. Like, even, I think the American cinema in the 70s had, had a gritty, Nasty to it, you know, yeah, exactly yeah. the fact that, but I sure had that sort of a twist on that to make it yeah. more like, oh, that's a bit fucked up. And yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed that style yeah. of cinema. Yeah. Um, I think this film was made before there was an official Australian film board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mad Max was made after, after as yeah. well. But but yeah, I just find it kind of interesting because see, it is because I have seen it and, and kind of when I'm putting my mind back, it is almost, it is almost a prequel to Mad Max. Oh. But there's just never any mention by Miller of, you know, thanks or, or whatever to, to this film. There's a great it, it's Aussie called Stone, if you ever get a chance, look it out, it's really, really good. There's a great Aussie film, I'm trying to remember the name of it right now, where it's about a guy who goes to the outback, I think he works as a teacher, and he just gets involved in this sort of madness of this town that's um, just going a bit crazy. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm What's I'm, the Cars at 8 Paris? That, that's an Australian flick, is that, that's kind of... No, it's not that one. No. Anyway, it's called now. It's kind of like it's called like Outback or Out or Lost in Outback or something. But it's it's a fucking great movie. I saw it on Channel Four. I think the name of it. It's on Channel Four. E Four. They're doing like a, a series of um, like Aussie cinema. And it's just it's just a really this guy just goes fucking crazy in the desert because he's like left alone and he's oh he's it's warm it's hot. Yeah. The locals are mental. All he's gambling. Fuck basically, and he's just yeah. sort of involved in that one. And it's so how quickly he goes from being. I'm not gonna because he's like I think when he's British in it and he felt like I'm not gonna get involved in these mad natives. Aye. But then like a couple of these like he's like heavily involved in this he's, stuff. He's gone. Uh, one that always sticks to me from the, I think this one's maybe from the early eighties, maybe in the seventies, is this one I've mentioned this before, I'm sure it's called The Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. Right. Uh, and it's all about how like the the average you know we're treated Ship, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like akin to kind of black, white relationships in America and stuff like that, um, and Britain as well, I guess. But they were treated like shit. And it's basically about this one boy that basically just goes nuts with an axe and just rebels against it all and chops fuckers up and then goes on the lamp and starts running. Wow. Um, but it always stuck with me because it's horrific. Um, and, and it's it's like a brutally honest portrayal of how the Aborigines are treated as well. Yeah. Um, but if you ever get a chance to get that, it, it, it's proper. You know, I think it's quite kind of revered as well, um, but again, it's a it's a hard one to find. But it's called the Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. I think it might be either a true story or based on as well. Um, is that film that me and you like, the one with the, um, the proposition. Mm, yeah. 
No, not Tommy Sessions, Bombay. Um, it is a Proctor Sessions, Bombay. Um, Nick Cave, not that it gives him the choice here. Like you've got no, the one we saw with um, Guy Pearce and. Um, that's that another proposition? No, it's one with Guy Pearce and Robert Patterson who plays a recap. Oh, that one, um, the, the, the Rover. The Rover, that's yeah. sort of like in that spirit of, yeah. of Audi Cinema, where it's just sort of this real nasty. But like the, prop, the, the proposition's got that as well. That, that's, yeah. No, I'm the same as you. I do. I've, I've got a real fondness for Australian film, and it just it never seems to get that that kind of big bit of recognition it deserves. I mean, it's a shame. Wake and Fright is the film I'm thinking of. Wake and Fright. Wake, Wake and Fright. And Fright. It's oh. got um, Donald Pleasance. Oh. And apparently, because I think part of the problem was as well, a lot of these films didn't get stored properly and get sort of like catalogued properly. Yeah. So they got lost and the people have been sort of finding these like reels of film over the last like so many years and they've to restore them and actually get them out on for viewing. That's what happened. Do you know what Australian films remind me of? It's like westerns but askew yeah. ah, westerns it's pop they're, they're, western aye they're yeah. just off kilter yeah, westerns it's like, it's aye, they've got all the beats here but they're just fucking bizarre it's proper punk yeah, cinema yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, absolutely. you asked me what I watched yes you, like old films I watched Bridge of Spies right like Spielberg hold up we went hold up very well we yeah. so got obsessed with all things Cold War and Berlin um, then I've tried to teach you more about the Cold War we're showing you 13 days which I've not seen Kevin Costner yep, really good film really good all about Cuban Missile Crisis and oh, then, for, good, no, yeah. for no reason, I watched Monty Python's Life of Brian. How good is Life of Brian? <coughs> and we put out that I like meaning a life more. I like um, Holy Grail, it's my favourite. Yeah. Apart from Princess Bride, it's maybe my second favourite movie of all time. Okay, um, yeah, and also because I watched Knives Out, we'll get to later, I watched Brick again, the Ryan Johnson. I've never seen Brick. Brick's excellent. Uh, is it good? Excellent yeah. film. Yeah. Fantastic film. Oh, some cinema? No, some cinema viewings. Cinema viewings, yes. We've done the home ship. Let's go, let's go to the big screen. <laughs> yeah, so the first one, is, you've not seen I think you want to go and see it. I did, yeah, Which I'm not going to get a chance now. I think it's, it's still out. Is it? Still, okay. get, still get a good few shows. Oh, right, okay. Let me try and catch it. Um, if you're working late next week, it's like one of the eight o'clock, actually. Oh, so you make good show. Yeah. Um, it's called The Good Liar. Yep. Um, directed by Bill Condon, who directed, well, directed Beauty and the Beast. What, the, the one with Dan Stevens recently? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He directed Mr. Holmes, one with. Um, oh, I like that a lot. Uh, he directed um, a couple of Twilight, the Breaking Dawn Twilights. Alright. Okay. He also directed Candyman Farewell to. To Flesh. Yes, he directed yes. that. He's got an interesting varied and wide. <laughs> that is a very broad spectrum of genre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which way? The working director. He right. directs what work is available to him. Yeah. Which is yeah. nothing wrong yeah. with that at all. Absolutely. It's good that you can turn the hand to. Anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spielberg's fucking going from Portal Guys to fucking Colour Purple, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't write Portal Guys. He was producer? He was Yeah, right, okay. Um, Toad Hooper, yeah. Toad was the of it. And people have stood by him and said Toad Hooper did direct that film. Yeah. The, the rumour of Spielberg directing Toad Hooper being on set just as purely as a patsy, not true. No. It's a Toad Hooper film. Okay. Toad Hooper, sorry. Um, so the plot of this film is Ian McKellen plays a gentleman who essentially rip people off in varying ways. He's a grifter. Grifter. Yes. And, he's, um, and what he does, he goes on the dating sites in this one, he finds Helen Mirren and he sort of sees Helen Mirren as a chance to basically scam her of all the money she's got. Basically he finds out she's got a lot more money than he thought she had. Right. So, film follows on from that <coughs> with Ian McGill doing this. Can't give him spoils away because I'll tell you off camera. Oh, not much. You can even you know, watch it. Um, there's some twistiness where other things happen in the third act that maybe things of the past come back to influence the future. Okay. Okay. Cool. What you would say is, like, I enjoyed the shit. I enjoyed it, right? It's a proper, it's a twisty, turny thriller. Is it funny? It's funny. There's 
I'm saying is I've got a charm too because you've got Helen Mirren, Ian McKellen, Russell Tovey. Know the name, you can't place him. Big ears. Um, then, <laughs> no, he's, he's a really recognisable weird face, but he is a good actor. Right. Um, Jim Carver comes up in it as well. Um, so they're all very good actors, they're, yeah, all, yeah. they're all good with the dialogue, all good with the, the stuff. Um, McKellen's a different guy because you think he's essentially like this old man, but very early in the film you realise that he's not, he plays like a gangster, you know, but he's a grifter gangster, like you said, he's just scamming people in different, totally different ways. Like one he's scamming Russians, then he's also scamming Helen Mirren. Right. So you, see, you, so you get guys going, I don't really like Ian McKellen, you know, and it, yeah, that's a weird place to be in. But, yeah, not since probably at people if I've not liked Ian McKellen. Yeah, because he's become a bit of a, a kind of British sweetheart. Oh, not, yeah. he? He's, he really is, you know, the, the kind of lovely, endearing old gentleman. Yeah. He's, that's what he, that's so his kind of role in life just now. Yeah, so it's kind of weird to say, like, oh, I don't know. You bastard. You bastard. So, the big problem you've got, not big problem, it's a problem I've had with how it's, see, for the first two thirds, Helen Mirren is really underused right. for Helen Mirren, right? And you're watching going, you do not have Helen Mirren in this film unless there's something about Helen Mirren in the third act here, the absolute huge. Yeah. Which essentially that's the way it kind of turns a little bit. Right, okay. So I think they haven't heard they you're always expecting that. Where if you put someone else in that role, maybe the market may not be as good, but you would maybe not believe and maybe it'd make the turn more surprising. Right. Yeah, I get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what Beach holiday novel read. Yeah. You, know, you battle through it, you lie on the beach. Yeah. Probably after you go, ah, it's fine, and you toss it away. It's right. not, but not in a bad way. You say, going, ah, they've enjoyed it for what it was, but you're not going to go back to it. It sounds like dirty rotten scoundrels. A little Compa- bit. Comparisons? Uh, a kind of a little bit, but not yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's dirty rotten scoundrels also a little bit trading places to an extent, a little bit in there as well. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, Completely fine film. Yeah. One your granny can enjoy. Oddly though, I saw this in Knives Out the same night, and there's more blood and gore in this than there is in Knives Out, really? which was very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so uh, this is an ethical question now, leading up to it. Oscar bait? No, it, no, it's not. It's not Oscar. The, the, this is because no. McKellen can act. McKellen, and they're in both these. Absolutely no issue with acting. You know, these could be the labels my beard and fucking <coughs> possibly <coughs> get a nomination for it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, no, it's, it's not. Trying to be that. It's not aiming for that. that. That's not where it's going. It's aiming to be a good, solid thriller. Which right. It is. It is. Okay. You know, and like I said, you I got, thought it was an outright comedy. I no, just, definitely not. It's not. Right, okay. No, definitely not comedy. There's, there's black humour in it and there's funniness in it, but it's definitely not comedy. Ah, right, okay. So, uh, see, I, I'd have been expecting Dumb Dark Scoundrels, yeah. yeah no, that's what I thought it was pitched definitely at. Definitely not that. Oh, okay. That's, that's interesting. It's nice. Like I said, I give it six and a half, six out of ten. Six and a half. Which is alright, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's, right. like a, it's like a hundred minutes long. It's completely fine. It's completely fine. Do, does totally it fine. move? Is it paced well? Yeah, it's paced well, it moves yeah. along fine, and yeah. something moves so quickly. Because I think sometimes thrillers get bogged down with their own pompousity and their own plot, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just kind of you get to the point where you're just like, you know, fucking move along now, do you know what I mean? I get it, but it doesn't do that, it just keeps moves, going. Moves, it's going to be going, and it moves location enough that you feel like you're constantly on the move. Target audience? 
I'm actually going to say probably a wee bit older than us, maybe I'm thinking about like maybe 40s, 50s, or even 60s, because it's got the actors in it, yeah. and it's dealing with some subject matter that may be more relatable to them than to us. Oh, um, just quickly on, on the, the, the age thing, sorry, sidetrack again. Um, so, two things. Um, Lorraine had a dream the other night. But you're where, a man. Yeah, yeah. Pre- pretty much, where basically I revealed to her that I was actually really 63. I can believe, believe that. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? And then you know, this kind of dream of all that we hide in the fact that I was 63, but not in a nasty way, not for any reason, <laughs> other than I just never told her I was really 63. Um, and then yesterday, um, we were out about in town before we went to the movies, and we, we decided to go and get a bite to eat. Mm. So we went to MS, Marks and Spencer's Cafe. Yeah, um, I, know, man, I was one of the youngest people there. <laughs> Honestly, this cafe was busy. I mean, it was busy, and I swear to God, if not, Lorraine was the youngest person there, and I was maybe third, fourth youngest person there. Mm. I was proper. Wow, this I remember is we went to. Um, what was the film me and you sat in the youngest people in it? It was um, uh, the old lady in the van. Yeah, by, by a good <laughs> mile. By a good century. I remember so. I went. I went so came a boobery. Uh-huh. And I was definitely the youngest person at that point. And that was a awful film to watch. watch. That was an awful <laughs> awesome film. I felt uncomfortable watching the film. They said it was my grand. Um, I think old people with stuff like that. I think it's challenging because they, they will not budge, they, they don't care, they, they will not fucking blink, they will not look away from the screen, whereas you're like, oh, you know, wherever you're surrounded, they get It's awesome watching a film like that and it's sort of like, I can't watching one point, and there was some girl just giving a guy a blowjob in the film, right, that was sort of part of the film, mm. and this, these two old guys behind me just giggling away at it, I'm like... It's like, stop, because you, you feel like, that. I'm, 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 I'm being a dog, but stop <laughs> laughing, you bastards. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's maybe who the people are aimed at. Yeah. Sort of that kind of old and that explains why it's still in the cinema. Again, captain that audience, audience, it doesn't usually go to cinema. To cinema. And they want to go and see it, because they want to see Hill and Mirren, they want to see Hill and Mirren, and they like a nice sneaker, and it's rather like this. Is Hill and Mirren still hot? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Stand by that. And moving on from that same night, I went and saw a film called Knives Out. Yes. Which wow. I'll prefer to say I've been looking forward to for a long time. You have been fucking going on and on and on yeah. and on and on and on about this film yeah. for the past... Couple of months. Three months, three months, three months at yeah. least. So this yes. is the first trailer, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, directed by Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Is it Ryan? Or Rion? Ryan. Is it Ryan I heard, I heard, I've listened to his wife. She does a... Um, you must remember this podcast. Or she's ah, partner. Right. Right. I'm sure she said Ryan. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so, director of um, Looper. Looper. Correct. Yep. And... Uh, Brothers Bloom. And Star Wars The Last, Last Jedi. Jedi, the worst Star Wars film to date. I, there is moments, it's, it's, there's some good in it, there's some bad in it. I, I'm with you, I, I'm, I, I can see. Still, I still enjoy it for being a Star Wars film, but... There's choices I, made. It's not that it's bad, yeah. He, done, he came in and basically unravelled something that someone else had put in place. He made a non-Star Wars Star Wars film. Oh, not even that, he just fucking unravelled, you know, plot lines and thought, you know, fuck it, and you look... Why? Anyway, this is not a start. We can talk so, about it in a couple of weeks. Sorry. Um, um, yes. Yeah, the good bit. Looper, Brick, Brothers Bloom, all excellent. Yeah. Brick is, is a phenomenal debut film. Um, Brothers Bloom's a really good follow up, but it's maybe not quite at the same level as maybe a big guy get a bit too confident himself after his really big debut. Looper, I think, fantastic. I enjoy Looper a lot. Um, he also, when you think like you're ready to watch Breaking Bad, if you haven't seen yet, there's an episode. It's not Breaking Bad. Yeah. I've seen Breaking Bad. Okay, see the episode with the fly? Yeah, that's him. That's him directing right. that episode. That's how he got his side card. Ah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so the plot of this film is there's a party, the yeah. old patriarch of the family dies yes. at the party. Yes. Family that all the family at the party, they all come on a suspicion that they may have killed him. Yes. So he's been investigated by one a, a detective 
and it's basically that is the film of who done it of trying to unravel who it is. Yeah. The, the guy who owns the guy who runs the party, the guy the patriarch is sort of he's a mystery writer, horror mystery. Yeah, he writes right, mystery novels, so, yeah. Yeah, so very successfully. Very successfully, yeah. made a lot of money and all the family are basically tied up in that business. So they yeah. all they all have reasons for him to be alive and also reasons for him to be There's motive for everyone. Everybody, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, in the film you've got Chris Evans, Captain America. Yes. Um, you have Daniel Craig. Yes. Yes. You have Anna de Amas, who is maybe one of the unknowns in it, but I thought she was in it. She, she was really good. Yeah. She was she was a maid. She was a maid, yeah. She was in um Knock 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 with yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis plays the, the daughter. Yeah. Um, uh, you've also got Michael Shannon playing yeah. the brother. Um Don Don Johnson. Johnson playing the husband of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Yeah. Um, you've got Latif Stanfield, that's a detective. Yep. Yep, and you've got Tony Collette. Yep. Playing the Don Johnson's husband. No, no, she's, no she's, a, she's the one of just one that died. She's the widow. Of she's the widow. The son that died. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she's like the um, daughter-in-law. Of yeah. 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 Uh, you've also got who I think Catherine uh, Langford. Catherine Langford, and then the son of Michael Shannon, who was the boy that's in Billy from it as well. Yes, he's also yeah. in that one. Is in that one with? Um, one of you like with Jake Gyllenhaal when they destroy the house. Oh yeah, I normally not enjoyed that one. That, that was really good. That anyway, didn't that? Um, start with you. What do you think of this one? Um, I, I liked it. Liked I enjoyed it, okay. it. Not as much as you, I don't think. Um, I liked what it was. I thought it was a good kind of thought. Um, now and again, it kind of loses its way because its head goes up so fast occasionally. Okay. Um, Daniel Craig. Yes. On f- it's good. To- Daniel Craig can be funny. Like, remember that film we saw last year? Is it Logan Lucky? When he yeah. plays the, the convict. Yeah, he's he, insanely funny in he, that. It can be funny, and people can. He's James Bond. That's uh-huh. the problem. He's poor faced. He's James Bond. I mean, he's just a pretty boy and yeah. smooth. He's funny as fuck. I think he's on fire in this. Um, one. He, he goes for his accent. Is wicked good. He, he's obviously, you know, he, he's Hercule Poirot. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Ramped up. Oh. <laughs> is exactly what he is. He's um, almost like Johnny Depp and um, Tusk. Yeah, yeah. He's like that oh, level, oh, like yeah, he's, he's a caricature of a caricature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed his performance in it. Um, the, 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 the most enjoyable performance I found was Don Johnson. For what he had, he had nice few moments. He did. He, he, yeah. It's nice. To, Don Johnson brings something to the screen whenever you see him, yeah. and he doesn't get a lot to do anymore. But in this film, he just came and he showed me whatever he did. Uh, Michael Shannon was having fun. Yep. Everyone was having fun. That's, that, that's everybody's having a great time. Everyone, everyone yeah. wanted to do with. That's This is both a. My minor feeling with the film, and also what I really enjoy with the film, is everybody brings something to the character. They all become instantly yeah. sort of a character. They like, yeah. get who Tony Collette's character is, you get who Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. is. You can always feel your own backstory with that character. Yeah. But because there's so many great actors playing so many great characters, they don't get enough time on screen to, yeah. to really show that off. Which is always a problem in ensemble cast. Uh, it is, you know, it's a great ensemble yeah, cast. It's amazing, amazing. So, but yeah, it moves. The film tends to concentrate more on Daniel Craig is a lot. Yeah. Um, Anna the Amos character, the, the maid she's a lot of screen yeah. The rest of them sort of flip in and out yeah. and they don't have enough time on it. Yeah. Like one of the favourite characters I met, I don't know who played her, but the, the old the mother. She was brilliant. The, um, like, Me and Lorraine were talking about that. We think she is probably someone that you probably should know. I thought it was June Squibbit first. I, I don't, we weren't sure, we didn't know who who's that was. What I really enjoyed I was um, really seeing Chris Evans not being Captain America. It's nice, he is a good actor. He, and it's, he, he's kind of went completely against <laughs> type, but he's yeah. playing a complete dick, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's nice to see him just, you know, letting loose, swearing, using profanity, being a cunt. And it's nice to see him just, you know, getting away from all the, the, the kind of Marvel 
Disney, you know, fucking Golden Boy stuff. It's really nice to see him just trying something to make himself that bit different. The old lady, the, old, the, the mother, uh-huh. the old issue, no one knows. Uh-huh. Um, it's Kay Callan. She was Martha Kent in the New Adventure Superman. Ah. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about now. I take it there was a lot of prosthetic on her. She looked really she fucking. Born in 1936, so that would make her what? It's now about 80 odd. Yeah, she looked. I mean, they so made her up to look. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but intentionally, of course. But um, as I say, the, the problem I had was um, it was it almost delved into a uh, Chris Nolan territory where you know it's trying too hard, to be too clever to confuse its audience. That's a fair point, yeah. Um, like the bit with the baseball. I didn't get that. That never pays off. It does. Lorraine explained it to me. It does. Basically, that's the reason Jamie Lee Kirk goes back into the office and gets a letter. If that that we, wasn't there, she would get a letter. That's clever. Which I didn't get. She but that's the that. payoff of that. That one was a payoff. That exactly. Really basically, almost a postscript. But all there is that you're like, why is that relevant? And I didn't get it. And I don't think something. I, don't spoon feed me, but don't, you know, baffle me either. So I think mean, it's. If didn't go into the office at that point that's a side story mm-hmm. that's not the main crux of the story that's, that's, a, yeah. side, that's a side mission yeah. yeah. but so it is you know, I mean it's clever what he's done yeah, yeah. but too clever and that, that's the problem I just, a lot of the time you're, you're trying to just cope yeah. and you just feel like you know like fucking if I almost know, everything in the film you're trying to see what's important and it's hard to notice but then the one thing that has become very important in the conclusion of the film was telegraphed very early on at yeah. the start and you're like that you, you almost Spelled it out word for word. Yeah, that's making it yeah. yeah. so, Do you know what it's like? I think the best way I can describe it is if I go and have a handful of popcorn mm. and look down at my popcorn, I'm not going to get this film. And I don't think a film should be that, you know, like fucking okay. tightly knit that you can't blink or you won't, you kind of lose a beat in the plot. Okay. That's what it is, I think. Yeah. Fair enough. I get that. I mean, I disagree. I thought, I genuinely thought it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, I thought it was really well constructed. I liked all the little intricacies of it, little kind of moments that pay off later on and um, they, they, they focus on things like, oh that's really important, that's how you, that's how someone's going to get caught and it turns out like, no, you have to start. Yeah. You know, I like stuff like that, yeah. you know, that's yeah. really clever. Um, I like the fact that they reveal the killer essentially yeah, in the first half hour yeah. and the film is more about, number one, why, how and do I want that person to be found yeah, guilty of it? Yeah. You know, so you get that idea Definitely of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really clever as well. Um, only I think I wish there was more time for other characters to have screen time. Yeah. Because like everything Don Johnson done I thought was fantastic. So yeah. funny. Brilliant. So absolutely. Everything yeah. Michael Shannon done in the film, again, phenomenal. But you had maybe two scenes. Yeah, two, two big scenes, scenes. Yeah. The rest is just not not enough in it. Same Jimmy Curtis. Not enough in Everyone, it. Everyone, they just kind of flit in and out, don't they? And and does. What is he more than? But Daniel What's Craig. nice though is I didn't get a sense of any of them were fighting or vying for main Sweet villain, which was, which was nice because uh-huh. it's nice to see, you know, they, they're all let the film be the film about I, fucking I'm the star of the movie. It felt almost like nice. the new Daniel Craig was a scene stealer. Yeah. But he was chewing it up. Like yeah, he was having a wheelie of time, wasn't yeah. he? He really wasn't doing himself. Yeah. Fucking like mental. Doing all the like, John Candy and JFK accent, which I thought was amazing <laughs> as well. Um, also, I had a bit of a problem with Same as a Good Liar that you, you cast Chris Evans in the film. He disappeared for the first 40 minutes of the film. He's not in it. So you realise he must have an important role to play, which he does. 
but you obviously going there's somebody missing from this so obviously he must be really important you don't have any done, it, it felt a bit like um, what was on what did we go for recently with Chris Hensworth in it where there's a cult leader and he's not in it Full movie, he's in oh, the last yeah, half yeah, of it yeah, and it becomes yeah, yeah. all about him. El Royale. Yeah, yeah. It, it was almost a bit like that, you know, he, he wasn't in it, and then when he did, it was like for Chris Evans in but the difference between that film was, I think, in this film, when Chris Evans joins it, he becomes part of the world, he becomes part yeah, of that no, character. There's no, definitely, there's no, there's no yeah, change in he's, tone. He's integral to the plot. Whereas yeah. when Hemsworth turns up in the El Royale, it almost changes the movie. Yeah. It's a completely different film yeah, for the last yeah. 25 minutes because he turns up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really dug this, it's one of my favourite films of the year so far. Enjoyed it a lot. I really enjoyed it as well. Lorraine loved it as well. She, yeah, she I thought she really liked it. Yeah, yeah. So um, both really enjoyed it. Um, as I see, just I don't like that that Christian mentality. You know, that I'm covering you. It's like I, I don't doubt you. Are. Do you know I mean? That's why you make movies and I'm working in fucking. But it was fun than any Christian film. Do you know what I mean? But do, just you know, don't don't spoon review. But don't fucking you know yeah. bamboozle me either. I get the same with the whole with the, the Jimmy Lee Curtis thing for baseball, yeah. but the important thing is I think that's not the main crux of the yeah. story. If that would been the sort of the turning point of the whole film, then I can see like Eric Pistol going, that's not a really clever way of doing it. Yeah. But because that what comes from that is basically a side. It is a side story. I was impressed at Lorraine, but she, she just, I just said, I didn't get in, she was just like straight away, this is what it meant. And I was like, fuck. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, well, hats off to you, you smart bitch. Smart bitch, yeah. <laughs> I think mean, we've listened to a lot of podcasts. A lot of other podcasts, yeah. yeah. She kills me, I have no chance, yeah. you know that. Oh, we'll I, never find you again. It will be natural causes, <laughs> yeah. no suspicion at all. Yeah, yeah. Be definitely. Yeah. I don't know, know Colin Light when something, <laughs> I mean, partly does. Um, but out of ten. Uh, seven? I'm going, I'm nine and a half. Wow. I really enjoyed it. Do you like it a lot? I cool. liked it a lot, yeah. yeah. I really dug it a lot. No, seven, it likes it, really good movie, perfectly enjoyable fucking waste of time. I'm Absolutely. actually intrigued to go and see it again, see how much I notice second time round, see if yeah. I notice like other wee... Yeah. moments in it so. I'm sure there is a lot of yeah. shit in there I'm sure you need to watch and I'm sure there's like, I want to see other people's reactions to things and stuff like that you know yeah. Um, yeah. so I want to see that so, yeah, I, mean, I really liked um, The Street Bear Knives uh-huh. that, that was brilliant that just was cool. so well done and every time you've seen it you know it was yeah. just such a just the visuals of it was just brilliant it was so bad you have that like what purpose so happened? you had mentioned because um, we'd spoke about this during the week when we were on to each other um, you, you reckon at the least, uh, a nomination for Daniel Craig. I think a nomination. I think really? he's. I think he deserves a nomination. I don't think he'll get one. Probably. I mean, comedy roles don't tend to get them, so I totally get what you're saying. But I think it's deserving of what he's done. I think it's nice to see him just having fun himself. I, I guess, think he's having fun, but I think it's, it's a good enough. It's not main actor supporting role. Yeah. And it's a good. It's a proper good role you get it for supporting actor because the main person in the film is Anna Davis. She's yeah. a lead. I would say she's the lead of the film. Yeah. The rest of them are all round and are, are like circling her world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was the lead in it that I really liked? Oh, um, uh, Christopher Plummer plays the dad. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Play, he plays him well. Um, the, not the detective, but his assistant. Yes. He yes. was funny as fuck. Really hell. Yeah, he just brilliant. Yeah, the fanboy, he was he was really good too. And the Jake a funny cop just at the right time. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he just, every line he spoke, it was, and yeah. uh, the car chase was genius as well. I love the device he had on um, the, main, the maid. Of if she tells a lie, yeah, it's really clever, yeah, it's really yeah. funny. A bit with the beans and sauces, ah, was, uh, yeah, that, really was, that was good as well. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, nine and a half out of ten for me, seven out of you, some it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, no, for sure, absolutely. Don't go, go and see it, don't go miss out on this yeah. one. Yeah, and also, it nice, you know, it's nice again, and I've said it before original idea, original movie, yeah, not part of a franchise, not part of an resisting name, um, like sort of book or yeah, sort of yeah. adapting anything. Um, also, it's a, uh, I don't know what the shows, but over here it's a 12A certificate, yeah. but do you know what? I would quite 
Athletic, my kids. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing in it that's particularly bad. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A one shot Christopher Plummer because he's a DIY. Yeah, but it's not. It's so that, brief, no yeah. notice it. Yeah. But I think it's, again, I think perhaps over cerebral, but I think that's in today's day and age with kids with thumbs and phones. Uh. Not a bad thing to get them out there and actually get my fucking grey matter yeah. working on something other than, you know, playing a game of Absolutely. Food. And as I said, I saw this in the good wire in the same night. And good lad had more violence and more yeah. stuff. I go, oh, shit, than, yeah. than this had. I think cool. good lad was a 15. Yeah. It's only a 12 day. Go see it. Yeah. Go see it. Definitely. Well. We the one that you have seen, I have not seen. Because I would refuse to go see a film like this before December. Um, and that film is Last Christmas. Oh, fuck. Directed by Paul Fagg. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, Paul Feig. I mean, who directed fucking Bridesmaids, yeah. Ghostbusters, Paul, a simple favour. Paul fucking Feig. Um, but this man can make films right that make you laugh. Make you laugh. I, yeah. How good was Ghostbusters the reboot? I like the Ghostbusters reboot. Sake. I love Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is one of the funniest things. Bridesmaids is funny as yeah. Simple favour as well is great, and also his best film to date so far. And not a lot of people saw, but I think it's an absolute genius movie. Is Spy. Yeah, Buffy McCarthy. So and, this um, guy can make you fucking, you know, blow your, your beer at your nose. So, do you know what I mean? I'm not, you've seen the film, so I'm going to give a brief it. So it's, he directs it. In the film, you've got Daenerys, Amelia Clark, um, Henry Golding as well, the new James Bond. I see. He's going to be. Do you think so? Oh, I think in this film, they almost did not do a Sean Connery impression in this as well. He does, terrible. Yeah, well, right, he's in it as well. Um, Emma Thompson. Thompson um, she also wrote the film as well. She did, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, so, this is Emma Thompson's. So, Paul Fick has always said one of his one of his favourite films is Love Actually. Right. And he's always wanted to make a sort of an English like film with like sort of a Love Actually theme to it. Right. So this film is set at Christmas. Yes. Amelia Clark is down the luck to a great degree. Amelia Clark, right. No, right. So I'm sorry, right, I'm Give us a brief plot first of all. <sighs> Amelia Clark's a cunt. Okay. Um she meets a guy Henry Golding. Who's quirky. Quirky. Cunt. Um, and he teaches her not to be a cunt okay. um, and at the end of the film she's not meant to be a cunt okay. even though she still is a cunt so, okay, right. <laughs> I'm saying she did not like this film this was dreadful really this bad, was yeah. awful um, I, I was angry at times okay. uh, and annoyed and frustrated right I mean, your, your review so far is I've heard a gamble of people really hating this film yeah. and people generally really enjoying the film. There's, there's nothing to enjoy about okay. it. Um, <laughs> the only thing to enjoy about this is Emma the fact that it's a Christmas film, not even Emma Thompson. Emma's really good at it. Not, like, she's not, no. Or something? She's, she's a dodgy, like, fucking... Um, Hungarian accent Hungi- or something? Aye, uh, whatever accent yeah. it is. Right, Amelia Clark. We've spoken this before and we'll, we'll go again on it. They keep trying to make these Game of Thrones actors, big screen movie stars and they're not, they're, they're not. Yeah. I'm sorry but Amelia Clark everything I've seen her in out with Game of Thrones and even in Game of Thrones she's okay she, she struck out everything I've seen her in she, she can be quite charming see in interviews like I've got in an interview she does seem really charming Maybe I think it's part of the pair like people want to like her I don't doubt she's a nice person but yeah. she's a rotten actress I'm well, sorry she's dreadful she wasn't a good Sarah Connor no um, terrible Sarah Connor I didn't mind on that one with a guy who's like host, like who's in like bedridden and she plays like sort of the nurse. I never seen that one. I thought film. she was sweet. In that. Like it's a sweet film. It's supposed to be very sacred. Yeah. Is this maybe a sweet film? Yeah. Okay. It? It is. Is there yeah. any subversiveness to it? No, no. There's not. There's a plot twist that I didn't see coming. Stupidly, I kept myself from not seeing it. I should have seen it. Lorraine seen it coming, but most people will see it coming. Right. Um, she's just terrible. She, she plays. A horrible character, but she's not that good an actress, so the character is horrible anyway, and it's, she doesn't help to. It's not like 
for example, evolved to character. Do you know what I mean? Like Emma Deschanel and Elf. Right. Or Zoe Deschanel. Zoe yeah, Deschanel. Zoe. Yeah. It's supposed to be quite cold, and she yeah. is quite cold. Yeah. But through. She got enough charm to pull off the coldness. You're saying she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She just. She's just an unlikable character. Right. And it's like imagine Bill Murray for screws, right? Yeah. It's like he, he, he redeems and redeems and gets to the end, and you know, you, you genuinely you're like, yeah, you know, you, you cheer and you clap and stuff yeah. like that. She can't do this. She's just by the end of it, you're like, nah, you're still. I don't like you. Do you know what I mean? You, okay. you never get to the point where you like her. Um, Henry Golding, who. Really annoyed being crazy at Asians as well. Uh, I liked him in Simple Favour. He was alright. He never had a lot to do in that though. Yeah, yeah. I think he's quite charming. In this, they, they're saying you know we need you to be quirky, and he's he is only quirky. Do you know what I mean? That that's that's it. He's like he's you know he's like he's playing quirky, but that's there's it. no substance there. There's no depth to the quirkiness. So you've got this guy being I'm quirky. Look at me and hard. You know like I'm cold and heartless. Look at me, and that's all there. That's the sum of the parts. <laughs> All the way through. Do you think badly cast? It could have been pulled off better with a different cast. No, I don't think Emma Thompson's a good writer. She's not going to writer, man. For what? Sensibility. Right. Who wrote Sensibility? Jane Austen. Right. So Emma Thompson. Right. So she's so good at no one else ever touched it. She can adapt stuff. That that's okay. fine. Um, I don't. I not, think it's a bold statement. Say Emma Thompson's not a good writer. I don't think, I think she is. Where else is she in? Let, let's go. Keep let's talking and I'll see what right, so, so I don't think so. She's done. She, she adapts well. I'll give you that. I mean, um, she's a she's an actor. I mean, she's experienced these trains for that. She can adapt, yeah. But I don't think this is a well-written movie at all. Um, the characters are so by the numbers. Do you know what I mean? It's like she's number one, he's two, he's three, and certain numbers here. It, it, it is totally, totally by by the numbers. Um, there was, um, the, I can't remember the Asian actress name who plays so her sense boss. Sense, sense sense about it, it's the yeah, yeah. Nanny uh, McPhee? She didn't write Nanny McPhee, she did she? It's, it's a children's book, basically. Yeah, I see. Ah, right. Okay. I'm two for two. Bridget Jones? Adaptation. Three for three. Effie Gray? I'm going adaptation. Four for four. <laughs> you don't know that one, I are. do. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to. Uh, My Fair Lady? Adaptation. You know, I, 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 I don't like when you're writing with things that annoys me. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm right. I, she, she can't do it. Adaptation is self of skill. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm calling out a British, like a British national hero here. I, I, I will do it. I'm, are you going to see this? Yes. Right, you, you will. You'll see my point when you watch it. You will, you'll be like... Fuck, the wee man was right. Okay. The wee man was on the nose with this one. Okay. Um, there is a plot twist in it, which is, is I did, I'm pure stupid for not seeing it, because I mean, I watched The Sixth Sense and within five minutes I was like, ah, oh, right, cool, got it, do you know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm quite savvy at plot twist, but with this one I was like, Is it plot, I didn't tell, wait, don't say what it is, is it a plot twist that I told you, I think it could be? I don't know, what did you say? Oh, see, do, do, you can't, this movie spoils itself, and if it's fucking five minutes, this no, movie spoils it. No, I'm not going to ruin it. Right, right, tell me off, Mike. Um, yeah, the, 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 the boss who, I can't remember the actress's name, she was really funny, her name's Santa, she's like this Asian woman who loves oh, Christmas. Um, Michelle Yeoh, is it? Michelle Yeoh, yeah. yeah. she's really good in it as well. And she's got a kind of subplot story where... why she's called Santa? explain it, that's a good bit Nah, she just likes Santa. Um, okay. But there's a part where this German guy who loves Christmas and her kind of get together and start right. dating. That's kind of sweet and nice. Um, that was probably the saving grace of this movie, was that tiny wee 
So yeah. Okay. Um, harsh, but um, but what, fair. What's your rating? Um, I would give it three and a half. Oh, that is very harsh. Dude, and it's a Christmas film. Fine, well. I think it's competency. You're saying it's, be, it's below competent. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, honest. And do you know what though? Is I've never seen Love Actually. Um, right. And if this is his idea of what Love Actually is. He thinks it is. I'm thinking I'm not going to like them actually as well. Love Actually is an interesting film. We'll get on to we're going to do a Christmas special yeah. at some point in the future. Yeah. But Love Actually is one of those films where, with the exception of I would say two characters in the whole film, maybe maybe three, everyone is despicable as human beings. This is kind of got this. She, she she she's despicable. Oh, she is. She's. Lorraine was like, do you think she was? And I was like, no, she was horrible. She was a horrible character, and by the end of it, she was still, what, like, what? She's horrible. She doesn't deserve anything, do you know what I mean? She's a kid. Well, I've actually, as, as well, it's like, it's, it's such a timed, horrible film that it makes Alan Rickman look like Wow, well, which is hard to do. And not, we're not talking Hans Gruber Alan Rickman, we're talking older Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. Charming Alan Rickman. Yeah. yeah. No, make him an arsehole. Well, that's, that's bad. And make, make him a taunting cry. Well, again, me and Emma just never having issues, yeah. you know, so I'll get back to your name at a later date, but just okay. now me and Emma aren't talking. Okay. I'm just saying. Um, um, so, so, yeah, three, three and a half, I think my MDB I gave it a four, because I thought, you know, I'm not going to be a total dick and give it a three, yeah, do you know what I mean? So, but I would, honestly, three and a half, I was, there was times when Amelia Tart was on it, and she was acting, and I, I could feel myself getting quite agitated, do you know what I mean, by how, like, do you know what I mean, you're just like, when someone's just doing such a bad job and it just frustrates you and you're like, it's like that. Tough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Alrighty. Yeah. Um, on the last Merry film, Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah. Enjoy that one. <laughs> um, so last film with, uh, I watched, you didn't see this one yet, but you will be able to watch it nice and easily because it's on Netflix. Ooh. Also got a cinema release as well. It's yep. now on Netflix as of yesterday, which is Wednesday. Is it limited cinema releases? Yes, yeah, it's very much. Not... GFT is shown at Glasgow and also the Grove Club. Alright, okay. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. And that film is The Irishman. Directed by Real Cinema, not Rollercoaster Rides, Martin Scorsese. Who directed everything. Everything, you, know, everything you know about gangsters is Martin Scorsese. If you don't know who Martin Scorsese is, when you directed, then you do, you're, you've listened to the wrong thing. Martin Scorsese, yeah. you've done a lot of shit. Yes. Not yes. shit, so you've done a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Some Stonewall classics. Yep. Some, I would say, are overrated. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there as well. Yeah. But generally, what he's done has been a solid, strong, excellent outcome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not a lot of bad. There's not a lot of shit. In, he's not like um, favourite Scorsese pick. Well, me and sure are going to do a Scorsese thing at some point in the future, so I'm not going to ruin it too much. But favourite Scorsese. I'm last in Taste of Christ. We all know that. Yes, that. That is up there with me. Actually. I, I love, that love that movie. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um, Goodfellas is. It's really crazy, but we I showed Jill Goodfellas recently and forgot just how damn good that it film is. is, isn't it? It's just wow. Should yeah. Should be, it's it's a, such a good story as oh, well. It's, story, it's just everything about it oh, is just perfect. Um, I, I mean, it, it does sound cliche to say that. Also, I watched for the first time um, two weeks ago. I never watched before. Raging Bull. Raging Bull. I like it a lot. I don't quite put it up there with the accolade it gets, yeah. but I do. I, his performance is fucking. Me, it almost felt like it's made at the height of like, uh, uh, like American cinema, but it was felt like a French New Wave film. 
At times? It, very, almost, yeah. it feels almost like an independent movie at times. At times, yeah. Because uh-huh. some of the acting's a little bit woke at times as well. It yeah. feels like it is sort of guys trying to like come up with dialogue. It almost has a Ken Watching feel around it at times, yeah. you know? Yeah. It it's feel like it's a, almost like iPhone, you know? It doesn't it? feel polished in any way. Yeah. I think maybe it adds to the charm of it. Yeah. Um, but that film is, uh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, but, um, I really enjoyed that one. But I'm probably going to say, you could do The, you could do the, ed- the Edge, the one with De Niro. Um, I believe so. I've not seen it, but I believe so. I really yep. like that film, but I, I don't have to see Goodfellas probably. Unless I'm, I am going to, I am watching lots of series now just to sort of reinitiate myself with it. Revisit Last Temptation. I watched Always it. I watched, used to watch it all the time as a kid. Yeah, I found weird, but I love that movie. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. It's as every time you watch it, you, you just something reveals. Like how good is Bowie in that film? Bowie is good. Yes, yes. Defoe is fucking. Why he never got? Well, I know why. Well, I just found he's not going to get an Oscar for yeah. doing that shit because he was, you know, pretty done. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, not on to the Irishman. On to the Irishman. Yeah. So the plot of this film is very difficult to sort of summarise because it is a three and a half hour movie. So is is it centralised around Jimmy Hoffa? Jimmy Hoffa is the the MacGuffin in the film that drives the plot forward. Right. Yes. Okay. But okay. that's he's not the main point of the film. So who's Jimmy Hoffa in this film? That is Chino. Pacino is, is Jimmy Hoffa. Right. Yeah. Um, give me a second, I'll get the... I'll get, De Niro's in this as well? De Niro's in it. Is this the second time they've been together? Because it was Heat was the Heat first time. The first time, yeah. And then this is the second time? So, yeah. So basically, the IMDB one is basically a mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with this, the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. Right. So you basically got a, a, an older Irishman talking back on what happened. And then sort of like from that you're building a story up of so it's kind of almost good fellas like where it's like talking to the camera and sort of like you know dubbed over. Yeah. And then you see the, the drama play out. Right, okay. And so in the film you've got De Niro, he plays his main title role. You also have Joe Pesci back in his first film in about twenty odd years, must be twenty twenty five years. Yeah. In a long time. Um Harvey Keitel is in there as well. Um Al Pacino's in there as well, Ray Romano pops up in it as well. Wow, who's she playing in it? He plays a lawyer, he plays one of the head lawyers. Yeah, good casting, yeah. right, okay. Stephen Graham is in it as well. The love of Hudlin guy. Yeah. I can't stand him. You don't like him? No. I don't like him as a actor. His face annoys me. He has got a weird face. <laughs> um, he's in it as well. Um, you, you will like Little Stevie's in it. Wow. Yeah. Stevie Van Zandt. Stevie Van Zandt's wow. in it as well. Okay. Um, Springsteen's guitarist. Maybe he's in um, Sopranos. He was in Sopranos, yeah. But yeah, yeah. He, he, has got, he has got a mobster face. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, he's a little role in it as well. Um, so, and it almost. Everyone you recognise from every single gangster movie ever made over the last is in this yeah. film. Yeah. Wow. There is a role you can go if he was still alive, that role is Gandolfini. Oh. Right, you know, you, like, yeah. you, know, you see where you go, that's Gandolfini. Yeah. Anyway, this has been some massive get for Netflix getting a Martin Scorsese film released on their platform. Is there a reason behind that? They gave them the money to make it. Apparently, it's an expensive movie to make because of the aging. Um, the main actors for a chunk of the film. So oh, you, you get okay. to see a young De Niro, a young Pesci, a young Carpet, a young Pesci, a young Pesci. Convincingly? Mostly, yes. Okay. It's not Marvel level. Yeah. It's some of it, at very, very worst, it looks like Coulson and, Mar- and um, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Marvel have got like, a magic formula for this yeah. that they don't seem to want yeah. to share with anyone, do they? Yeah. So, we know how to do it. So that's so it, it's worse. The few shots you go, oh, that's a bit. Yeah. Mostly, you, you can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Most of time, I was convinced by it. So, cool. so it's good. Um, so it's a massive get for Netflix to get Mark Studio to release a film on their platform. It's sort of like that, giving them a tour and trying to do it. So, do you know what the budget was? It's, it looks expensive. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like it's in any way. Shrimping on it, I think. I mean, just that. I, I suppose a cast like that will probably do a lot 
for less because of the love of Scorsese. But I mean, still, though, I can only assume it must be that, but I can't imagine that Joe Pesci's doing it for money because Joe Pesci's been tempted out of retirement for, for money. Yeah. Many, many, many He doesn't many, need money. He doesn't need money. He's fucking Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, yeah. yeah. Um, so, he, so I, I imagine, if, I, I'm going to say at least 100, 150 million budget. It's a big budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, okay. and it is one of those films where it's. Netflix again try to swing for Oscars and things like that, trying to become a legitimate show. You know, they won Oscars for Roma. They want to be seen as a respectable studio where people can make films that are, are Oscar worthy yeah. as opposed to being disposed by entertainment. The Channel 5 of Binge Watch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why, they, they, their mind is why go to cinema to watch a film, you can watch a great movie at home. And as, if you get guys from Scorsese to make the movie, that's what they're going to Why we go to cinema to see a Scorsese film, you can just a film. So, what I'm thinking is, who's the audience for this though? Well, based on what I've listened to, it works everyone. Really? A lot of people work in, a lot of, everyone who is, people who love De Niro, people love these kind of movies, so I think they are, there's, a, there's a massive audience here for it. Is there a massive audience for this for to go and see a three and a half hour version of this and film in the cinema? I would say no. But will, will they watch it at home on a Sunday afternoon when they're sitting on the couch slightly hungover? Yeah. Yes, they will. What about the younger audience, like your, your kind of demographic, 15 to 20? I'd like to think there is an audience here for it, yeah. but I think it might be slightly older than that audience. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, but, um, yeah, but I mean, remember, the new thing, Scorsese's in, he is an older guy, obviously, he's in the yeah. now, but yeah. he's not a guy who's making films that are for eight-year-olds, he's not the Woody Allen. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. the last one they made was something like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. Like, and people we know like kids who have seen that film love that film you know, yeah. know what it represents um, Gangs of New York as well you know Jill loves Gangs of New York she's no idea who Mark Scorsese is but she loves Gangs of New York you know so that's the guy still makes films that appeal to, to the big kind of demographic so he's still there okay. um, it's something else because it's the silence then he can do silence you know the one the, 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 yeah. the Catholic or the Christians going to Japan well, we are part in it yeah no it was um, no, our part in uh, Spider-Man Spider-Man. Oh, Garfield, sorry. Garfield, yeah. yeah. So that one, yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, on this film, so it is not quite top tier Scorsese. So it's not Goodfellas, it's not Casino, it's not, you know, Taxi Driver or anything like that. It's not quite that level. Why? I'll get to that in a second. It, but it is still just slightly below it. So it is still very, very good. Like, you know, second tier Scorsese is yeah. better than pretty much everyone else out there. Right. You know, it's like if you get a, uh, like Spielberg film, you go, it wasn't his best. Yeah, but his best is the greatest film that's ever been made. You know, so and it's, it's still going to be pretty fucking good. Mm -hmm. Home Brother Billy do that. Even their second tier Home Brother film is still, a still very, you know, you're watching something of quality special. and enjoyment, and you still get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, the reason why I didn't think it was as popular at times, it feels a bit like a greatest hits. Right. right, it's sort of he's doing things he's done in casino, he's doing things he's done in taxi driver, he's doing things he's done in all these things. You're going, oh, I reckon this is what I'm used to Scorsese doing. And I think Scorsese's at his best when he's doing things that you're not expecting, when he's sort of pushing the envelope and pushing right. his creative process. The final hour of this film, he is doing that. So the final hour sort of takes place in a, in a different kind of time frame almost, right. and it becomes a much more personal story. And that's when I think the film's at the strongest, and that's when he, sort of, he is doing something a little bit different from what you're used to seeing him do. Um, but the first two hours, still fantastic. I tell you, you get to see Joe Pesci and Casino and all these kind of guys go at it, and that's great to watch. But it does feel like I've, I have seen this film before. Do you think he has. No. I'm trying to think of a phrase this without sounding stupid, because I know what I mean. Because like, yeah. it's based on true stories, so Jimmy Hoffa's a real character, but do you think Scorsese's got 
when he's casting his people, he's got not the real characters, but characters in mind for them. So Pesky plays this box. Do you know what I mean? I get like, you like, Pesci's character in this one is not Pesci from Goodfellas. Right, okay. But he's not far off the Goodfellas yeah. version. Yeah. He's almost a, a, a cat. Obviously, Goodfellas, that guy dies. Yeah. Right? If that guy had lived, he might have became mm, this Pesci. Right. right. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I get that. Um, so the cast are all, I mean, it, it's probably De Niro's best film in years because we've said before, De Niro has been doing nothing but really very bog average film for the past yeah. since essentially yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's been a real kind of downward spiral for him yeah. this he is doing something that he's, he's good at but again you feel like I've seen Daniel do this before you know I've Daniel kind of gangster yeah I've, I've got 10 films in the house Joe Pesci like you said great to see him back on screen he is a fantastic actor have you watched him recently for a wee guy again it sounds like for a wee guy yeah. he's got presence absolutely oh yeah totally he's watchful as fuck he's uh-huh. just totally yeah and he's got such a like he is old in this one he does, he does look old in this film but he's still got a, he's got a real kind of swagger a real kind of like sort of his shoulders come up and you go like Joe you know yeah. he's, you know when you watch him in Goodfellas you go you are brilliant but you're also just terrifying you in your face here uh-huh. uh, Joe Pesci yeah um, Keitel's not in it enough to really make any judgement he's, he's sort of very flattened in it right Pacino uh, at times is right as a shouty Pacino. That's I'm the problem. Yeah. There are times when he sort of does, he slows down, he calms down. He's Pacino, you know, from Dog Day Afternoon. Pacino, you know, from Central Women. He's at, you know, is it the act Pacino? There is one particular scene where he just becomes the hoo-ha Pacino, the big shouty Pacino. You go, like, oh, like that. It, and it feels, it's so jarring because it feels, oh, it does feel like a parody of Pacino. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, that, that annoyed me a lot. I think it is, but it's not a parody because that is Pacino, isn't that? That's the problem, is it? It's, it's he, he can't be himself because he's become. He became that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's a and shame. Yeah. It, that took me out of him a little bit, yeah. but it felt like, again, I was someone doing an impression of Pacino, but it wasn't, yeah. it was actually Pacino doing it. You can yeah. imagine Ralph Gatton, you had Ralph, Ralph Gatton, Gatton in my head. Being, yeah, he's been Al Pacino, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Romano. He's fun in it, he's good in it. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes totally tall with De Niro, as you know, all of them, and stands up well. Well, uh, same as Stephen Graham. I know you're not a fan of the actor, but. Is he a playing an American or a player? American, oh, playing yeah. an American. Um, he goes totally tall with De Niro. Well. And, and totally tall with Pacino and holds up very. It's the same with the two of them. Uh, sorry, if, uh, Stephen Graham and Pacino. And that's Pacino, like, he's sort of like, you know, the broad for Pacino. Yeah. You know, that's not my family, that's not me. Yeah. It's that Pacino you're seeing at that point. Well. You know, Graham's holding his own. Good for him. Yeah. Really impressed to see a guy doing that. Well, um, like I said, first two hours is Martin Great. It feels like a Martin Great. In the same way, the Hail Caesar was a, a Cornwall's great set, but he still fucking found so much joy yeah. and love for it. Aye, absolutely. Yeah. For the first two hours, that's what this is to an extent. The final hour, I'm much more enjoying the Not a new but much more engaging and sort of once that's been really pulled at me, that's when I actually felt something when watching it. Did it have to be that long? Was, so I don't know. You, you edit into your thing. Um, yeah. You know you do, you've got an eye for editing. I don't. I don't get it. Um, could what is there meat on there that can get fat on there, there that can get trimmed off? There's generally not that much meat on it to trim off. They they have made a three and a half hour film and it deserved a three and a half hours. I really? Lie. Yeah. There's wow. a, there a lot there and, and most is I would say maybe I think it most would take maybe fifteen minutes off it. Not, yeah. not, it's not like you can say, right, there's a two and a half hour film there. It's, 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 it's going to at least, it's going to talk three hours. Yeah. Um, 
the runtime is an issue. It does take a lot of yeah. time to watch it. I mean, that, that's my thing. Is I, I do want to see it. I mean, that, Okay, no, we're movie buffs. I love yeah. De Niro. Do you know what I mean? I love, love De Scorsese. I love yeah. acting. These guys doing their craft is what we live for. Yeah. But you know what? I'm kind of. I've got this trepidation about sitting for three and a half hours. That's where I'm kind of. You know, wait, I need to fucking plan this yeah, in my yeah. life. I think you, know you, know you, know you can't put it on at ten o'clock. Before yeah. You're like, I've got this on like seven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said to you off, 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 Mike. There's no natural pause point. The yeah. film flows quite quite freely, quite fluidly all the way through. So you can't even say, right, if I get an hour and I'll pause it then go, but that's, you're, not, you're pausing something in the middle of something. Yeah. You know, so you can't really, that's... that's I can't ruin. But, because not making a film for you, for you to watch it at home or make a cup of tea. He wants you sitting your ass in the cinema and watching it. You know? But then he's letting Netflix... <coughs> well, apparently there was, there was um, some discord regarding how much of a release that uh, Netflix gave it and he wanted a bigger release for it. But I guess cinemas don't want a three and a half hour film. Yeah. If you put a film on at ten o'clock in the afternoon, that's morning, two screens. Maybe, that, yeah. Maybe get it out three times a day. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Money. Like, you want a ninety minute, hundred minute film, you can rattle it and do it seven times. Yeah. You know, Frozen Two is like hundred and ten minutes long or something. Yeah. Rattle them out. You can do that twenty times a day. Yeah. You know, over five or six screens. You know. Um, so yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. Not quite top tier, but still. I've got a cinema film in my living room for nothing. I mean, that's. Something amazing. Yeah. Like 15 years ago, someone said to you, Here, you can watch this shit. You'd be able to fuck off. Yeah. The only place I'm ever going to see De Niro is Aye. in the cinema. Like, on a Wednesday afternoon, we will give you a Scorsese film starring De Niro, Pesce, Keitel, and Pacino. And you don't pay anybody you've normally paid for your, your TV. Right. Horrible thing now. Um, so, is this his magnum opus, opus magnum, whatever you call it? Is, is this his. No. Is this his last film? No. He's got a lot more going from. Think so? Yes, because he's making film. Okay. He's, he's still cute. I reckon he say he will die with his hand on the camera. He seems like that kind of guy. He's okay. a bit like cool. um, Ridley Scott. Right. They want to be making movies. That's that's their dialogue. That's all their, they can that's do. That's all they know. That's all they. And it's all. And he just decided to talk. And that op-ed piece put in the New York Times when he was trying to play those defenders against the Marvel contract they're talking about, which is bullshit anyway. You know. Not what he said, but the bullshit about the, the for all about it. What he said was completely value, valid, I think. Um, he loved film. He yeah. loved cinema. You yeah. know? And the reason why a lot of films from the 1920s and 30s exist is because of him. He keeps them in the stores and, and brings them back to life. Right. And he loves the medium as much as anyone you can imagine. So he believes he is following in the, the, the footsteps of the Lumiere brothers, of John Ford. You know, he believes yeah. he is in, he is that. In, I mean, in a way. He, 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 he's, he's earned it. He's part of cinematic history. Yeah. He's never going to, you know, be swept away. You know, he's never going to be a fucking G or whatever he's called. Right. Do you know what I mean, he's always going to be. He's a name that will always demand attention. Yeah, you know, yeah. top ten directors. He's yeah. on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Him, yeah. Spielberg. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking um, fellas. There's a list. He's on it. He's yeah. always going to be on it. Yeah. Pretty much until the end of fucking time. Yeah. So, yeah. Get it. So, I, I, but you reckon there's more to come from, from I, the master yet? I think there's something more to come. Cool. And I think also you'd be surprised if they make it that. Like, who would have thought a film like Silence would be like a 75? That was, that was even like an easy film to make. You know, other guys, if you're doing a film in a room just with two guys talking, you go, right, that's what kind of film a 75 year old guy makes, but he wants to be not, like Woody Allen, make it in comfortable locations with good lighting, mm. warm, you know, heat around and just chill out and make a film. Yeah. No, because anyway, let's go to the middle of fucking nowhere, the middle of cold, desert. Or, or a windswept coast 
and make a film, you know. That's what he does, you know, he does stuff like that. You know, that, that says a lot for what the guy is. He wants to make a film. Um, so out of ten, I'm giving it seven and a half. So definitely worth watching. Cool. And again, you heard what I just said. You can watch it for free. Yeah, for free. So if you're on Netflix, you've got you have the film already. So yeah, there's no excuse <laughs> not to watch, watch this it. one. So yeah, fucking watch it. Yeah. Um, that's what's this week. But next week out. Well, it's out already. In fact, there's nothing really out next week. Because so, Frozen is it? Frozen Two is still out. So we're yeah. gonna try and see that. So we'll try and watch that. Um, also still out is Twenty One Bridges. Do you know what? I'm no sold by this at all. It's- Watching the trailer, yeah. it feels like a Tony Scott movie, and I'm a big fan of Tony Scott films. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I think it'll be one of I think it'll be not dissimilar to The Good Liar, and that it's fun when you're watching it, completely disposable. I think so, yeah. You, yeah. Next day when someone says yeah. that film, you'll be like, oh, you're kidding, you know. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lack of film. Maybe. Um, Judy and Punch is still, do you already want to see? Desperate to see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and make time because I'm so intrigued by this film. Yeah. I'm going uh, to make time to see this one. Harriet is out as well. Which is really funny because the episode of Federal we were doing, we were doing a spoof on making a movie about Harriet. Right. Obviously, this was seven years ago, yeah. and now there's a movie about Harriet. Harriet Tubman. Kind of funny, um, we were doing Weinstein jokes as well. <laughs> Quite funny how kind of what the nose is. You're yeah. like, oh shit, yeah. man, they yeah. Almost like they knew something about Weinstein, ah, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, and also, the only new film that's out, it's actually out, I think, tomorrow, is um, Charlie Dangerous. The reboot of Charlie Dangerous. Which? It's not getting. So is it not? I've not read anything about it. I'm just just going by my kind of thoughts to the trailers. I'm like, do you know what? I don't the care. Whole, the trailer seems to be revolving on the fact that Justin Stewart can yeah. smile. Yeah. And that seems to need more to the film than that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Anyway, did we wait to find us? Uh, three beers the movie. Yeah. Uh, Gmail, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. So let us know what you think. Um, thoughts, likes, lovers, tell us stuff. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. We've been... Three beers and a movie.